It's time for episode 61 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, November 5th, 2014. Clockwise, four guests, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, a podcast that successfully won re-election. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and across the country for me, though not directly as across as usual, is my <laughs> co-host, Jason Snell. It's the power of incumbency, Dan. That's what keeps us in office, incumbency. We're already, <laughs> we're already filling the slot. It's so what hard. you're saying is laziness. laziness Basically, you, ha- you would have to actually remove us from your podcast app. Don't do that. And yeah. they, and and so or we, we, find we another podcast that's no, better, which isn't going to happen. No, there's none better. Uh, and part of the reason there are none better is because we have two fantastic guests today. To my left is a uh, returning clockwise guest, Mister John Moltz. Hi, John. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back to the show. It's terrific to be here. And to my left, also a returning guest. <laughs> They're all returning guests, Dan. I don't know why you singled that out. That was weird. Uh, it's it's our, our former colleague at Macworld and now on his own, as so many of us are, uh, Mr. Dan Frakes. Hello. And I must say, John, that was the most enthusiastic, I'm happy to be here, <laughs> I think I've ever heard. I, I've had my coffee. I'm ready to go. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you're ready to go because this is how the show works. Each of us has brought a tech topic to discuss today, and in the interest of not wasting anybody's time, we'll discuss each of them for just five minutes. As I got to be, uh, I think I won the coin flip today. Yeah. Is that how that works? That's totally how it works. Excellent. I get to go first. So uh, I was curious. I was uh, playing around this morning with iCloud Drive, the replacement for, I don't even know what you call the last thing, iCloud Documents and Documents data. in the cloud. So descriptive. And as I was on my MacBook, which has a slightly flaky Wi-Fi connection, thanks to Yosemite, I realized that a document I put in the cloud had not yet been synced to it. And I could not figure out how to manually force it to refresh. So I am curious if you guys have been using iCloud Drive, what you think about it, and whether or not it has replaced uh, any of your previous document syncing technologies, such as Dropbox, or whether it's just not quite cutting it yet. Mr. Moltz, we'll start with you. Uh, I, I use it. I think the key to using it is to, um, to only use it with one machine. fine (laughs) then it seems to work perfectly well for me i don't use it much i use it within the uh you know the i the formerly the artists formerly known as iworks uh apps and for the most part i do most of my writing in bb edit and then save all the files to dropbox so i'm still largely relying on dropbox and uh so i i have not even really tried very much to open a document in iCloud in other on other platforms than my Mac, which is the one device that I use most of the time for editing things. And some of that is basically just because in the past I've not had such a good experience. So I've kind of like gone, yeah, well, I guess I'll just use Dropbox. 
Yeah, I'm so deep down in Dropbox that I think it's hard for me to see um, this. I've tried it, and it seemed to work okay, although it's much. it gives you much less feedback, I think, about where things mm-hmm. are and what status uh, they have in terms of syncing. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It, this feels to me like many of these um, Apple things that are, we all say, oh, it's been Sherlocked, where they, they sort of take a feature that's out there from a third party, and they, they do a version of it, and everybody thinks it's going to destroy the original, and it never does, except for Sherlock. That's like the exception that proves the rule. Because <laughs> Apple does this really simplified version that's like for everyone else. And this uh, iCloud Drive feels to me like this is Dropbox for people who are never going to install Dropbox. But they might throw things in the iCloud Drive thing and use that and uh, to, to have some files sync. It's like the super easy baby Dropbox and in a good way. But as a like hardcore Dropbox user and paying Dropbox customer – um, it's, uh, I, I haven't had much occasion to use it. I think if I used an app that like really worked excellently with iCloud drive and didn't work so well with Dropbox, I would use it for that app, but I haven't had to do that yet. I'm also just now, uh, moving to a, a world where I'm going to have uh, an iMac on my desk and a laptop just sort of like floating around the house, at which point syncing is going to be way more important to me. And it'll be interesting to see, uh, if that behavior changes and if I might be able to use it. But I think I'm just, I, I think I'm just too advanced to use iCloud Drive. But it seems to work okay from what I've tried. So, you know. Dan Frakes, what do you think? I haven't used it much yet. Um, I did it when reviewing Yosemite. And uh, the issue for me up until now is that I only recently upgraded enough of my devices to be compatible because you have to... If you don't have Yosemite on all your Macs and iOS 8 on all your iOS devices, anything you haven't upgraded is sort of like in a different box and the boxes don't, you know, mesh. So... So I'm finally at the point where I can use it on a lot of devices, but right now it's it's not going to replace Dropbox for me because, well, for one reason, so many of the apps I already use, especially on iOS, are integrated with Dropbox. I mean, in, it, 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 it's sort of, there's like a Dropbox lock-in for me in that all these apps save automatically to Dropbox and they show up on my Mac. And, you know, like Jason said, it, I, I'm so into Dropbox that it would be hard for me to switch over. Um, but I think the bigger thing is, you know, put simply, I'm just not that confident I can trust iCloud Drive with my data given Apple's record with cloud services. Um, Maybe that'll change, but like you said, you know, you put something in there and then you're like, okay, you know, it's like that Mervyn's commercial, you know, open, open. It's like, where's my document? Where's my document on all my other devices? So until that happens, um, I'm still a Dropbox guy. Yeah, like like the rest of you, I think my workflow is really centered around Dropbox, and so that means that it's kind of built in and there's muscle memory there. Um, I've, I I want to use iCloud Drive in a couple places because it seems like it's very convenient, um, but as my earlier anecdote illustrates, it's kind of, as with so many Apple products, it's kind of a black box, and it's like you put stuff in, and it's like, maybe it'll show up on the other side. Um, and that's kind of a tricky thing to really build any sort of workflow around. So I am I like the idea of it. And um, the idea that it's built into so many things on iOS especially seems like really helpful. Um, but they've also opened up the ability for Dropbox and our third-party storage people to use that on iOS, though the implementation on that is terrible. Um, so I, for now... I think I'll stick mostly with Dropbox, but I'll I'll keep poking at iCloud Drive in the hopes that it might improve. John Moltz, did you bring a topic today? I did. Excellent. I'm I'm here to bring you some terrible, terrible news. (gasps) The Apple Watch has been delayed. No! (laughs) It can't be. You're right. It can't be because they haven't announced an actual date yet. (laughs) That is the correct answer. Yes, for 20. Now moving on to the lightning round. 
Uh, so what happened was Apple head of retail and German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Uh, <laughs> I always want to say, I always want to call wait, her Angela, wait, what? Angela Merkel. <laughs> Come on. Angela Arendt. Um, not, uh, not head of Germany. Um, head of Burberry. Was, I guess what she was. She was the, the, she was the prime minister of, of Burberry. Burberry. I get, yeah, that's why I get them confused. Burberry, I think they call Germany. her the iron, the iron chancellor, right? <laughs> the iron chancellor of Burberry. Uh, she was giving a talk to the Apple retail people or sent it was a talk, right? And, and, and was, it was because it was transcribed. So first possible point of failure, but she said that they were just talking about the coming year, 2015 and saying, uh, how they were doing a big push through the Chinese new year, which is February 21st, I believe. And then going into spring, the Apple watch which everybody sort of said, wait, spring, that can't be early 2015, which is what they said earlier. So that must mean it's delayed. Spring is one of the later seasons. Spring is definitely, (laughs) clearly, clearly not, you know, because March could not be early 2015. So it must be delayed for some reason. But really, we still still know uh, really nothing at all about exactly when it's going to ship, other than probably before June. Hmm. So I hope you you weren't, but it's, but it is, but it is not (laughs) going to be January. It doesn't sound like, so I hope you guys weren't uh, planning your purchasing around that uh, timeframe because it looks like that's off. Yeah. I, I, um, uh, this is so frustrating when, when you see stuff like this. I mean, I always uh, rant about the whole uh, delay of products that have not been announced because that yes. just really kill, kills me. And in this case, it's a little bit of a – I like what you've done here, John, in bringing this one up. <laughs> Several points for you. Um, even though points aren't awarded on the show, I still award them. The uh, This one, we get the vague, very vague thing of l- early next year. And then inevitably, if a detail came out that involved it not being on New Year's Day, (laughs) everybody would be like, oh, my God, it's delayed. But it's unclear to me if late February or March or even April or May would be early. I mean, May might not be early. April probably is arguably early next year because it's in the first third of the year. And March is in the first quarter of the year. And they were specifically right. vague by saying early next year. They didn't, you know, they, they, they were vague. It's like, why, why even bother? Why, why even, even mention bother? it really? Yeah. You know, anything before June 30th technically yeah, is the earlier that, that half was gonna, of the That year. was what I was going to say. <laughs> but no, I mean, when someone to me says early next year, I mean, that for me, March, April are fair game. So I, I, you know, I guess I'm just not as, I would have a, I would be horrible at technology. Oh, wait, um, journalism. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> See, that's your so problem. So I would say, yes, a year would be divided into early, middle, and late. And if you're going to divide a year into three sections, the first four months of the year would be early. I think you're missing out here, John. Early is obviously January. Ding, Jan- ding, 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 ding. Thank you. Early Thank is you. obviously January. <laughs> See, I, I middle say is that. February through uh, September. <laughs> and then late <laughs> is December only and October yeah. and November don't count. Oh, this is like I how see. in New England. So there's a big there's a, it's like it's a bell curve. Yeah. yeah. This is like how in New England that winter lasts from, say, October to <laughs> April is we have a slightly different distribution. Mm. Um, and, and I would argue, as with Dan, that um, that I feel like anytime before WWDC, 
Apple could quantify as early. <laughs> um, so that gives them a lot of room to work with. And, you know, I think that they probably have a target date, but it's obviously not one that they've chosen to share with us because that may be in the process of changing. Uh, it's also possible, I guess we've seen the pre-announcement, so it's not like when Apple, you know, came out in January of 2010 and was like, iPad, in two months. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of moving yeah. pieces in there. I, your, your, your Apple apologism is showing. Thank you. Sorry. I, I, I've just managed <laughs> to get up Apologize for the, it. Apologize. <laughs> I've just managed to get up from the fainting couch thanks to the application of smelling salts. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad yeah. that we were able to discuss this. Well, I do declare Apple's watch appears to be delayed. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Heavens to Betsy. Um, uh, we, th- thank you, John, for that excellent, uh, to- most oh, sure. excellent of topics. <laughs> Uh, moving on, we are uh, halfway through this one, and at halftime, we like to sometimes have a sponsor that keeps the lights on here at Clockwise. This episode in particular, the lights are being clep- kept on by the very nice people at Igloo, an intranet you'll actually like. Igloo is built with easy-to-use integrated apps like shared calendars, Twitter-like microblogs, file sharing, task management, and a whole lot more. So with Igloo, you can work better together with your coworkers. You can co-author documents, share status updates about like what the cake is like in the conference room. They always bring in cake. <laughs> who is that guy who brings in cake? We're on a diet here, people. Uh, you can manage your projects. All of this stuff happens in one place. And when someone makes changes to an item in Igloo, it can send notifications in the way you choose, and a complete version history is maintained. So if somebody screws it up, you can look at where that happened and and uh, revert your changes and do whatever you need to do um, because, you know, Bob in accounts sometimes deletes things that he shouldn't. Bob. Stupid Bob. Bob. Uh, <laughs> so uh, recently Gartner released this uh, report called Magic Quadrant. I love I love analyst reports with the word magic in them. That is the best. Uh, magic Quadrant for social software in the workplace. Igloo appears in this report for the sixth consecutive year alongside Microsoft, IBM, Google, and SAP. That's right. There is so much uh, wizardry happening in uh, at Igloo that, that, that uh, they should go to Hogwarts, frankly. Wizardry, I'm saying. <laughs> so if your company has a really boring legacy intranet bu- built on stuff like SharePoint or old portal technology, make it stop. Give Igloo a try. And the good news is it's free to use with up to 10 people. All you have to do is go to igloosoftware.com and sign up. And thank you so much to the magical wizards at Igloo. I'm glad they're on our side for their support. <laughs> Of clockwise, yeah, and their light spell for keeping our lights on—that was really great. That's true. They did—they did, they Thanks, did it, they did it through magic and not electricity, which I think I, I really appreciate. It's the best. Uh, so, uh, thanks to Igloo, we move on. Uh, my topic is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> way to sell it. That's way a good way to sell it. So enjoy. Uh, Steve Jobs movie, uh, written by Aaron Sorkin, is in in the process. I know you're thinking to yourself, self, uh, didn't Ashton Kutcher make the uh, Steve Jobs movie? That was but the first. New Steve Jobs movie is coming. Christian Bale rumored to be uh, cast as Steve Jobs. I thought that was really an interesting idea of Christian Bale tackling Steve Jobs. I think that that would have been an interesting. Uh, take on that uh, on that uh, historical figure. Unfortunately, Christian Bale uh, found out that he didn't bailed? get to wear like the the he no. bailed. He he doesn't get to wear like the Jobs suit and fly the Jobs jet and drive the Jobs mobile. Uh, so he's gonna he's gonna bail out. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I'm asking you, who should play Steve Jobs in the Aaron Sorkin penned movie of his life based on the Walter Isaacson novel? 
<laughs> novel. Can you see? Because it's, sort of, it's sort of inaccurate. <laughs> sort of see? fictional. Well, I did there anyway. It's a stupid topic. Dan Franks, what's your stupid answer to my or intelligent answer? Go. You could go that way too to my I'm stupid gonna question. The, I'm going to go the stupid route. Okay, good. Whew. So if you do a Google image search for Steve Jobs lookalike, there's, <laughs> a, there's really one person who dominates, and he really does look a lot like Jobs at a lot of stages of Jobs' life, and that's Aston Kutcher. So <laughs> granted, his first movie. Jaws movie kind of bombed, but I think he should get another chance. You know, he should get back on that horse and try again. You know, this time he has a better director, a better writer, a better studio behind him. And so I think, he, you know, he might do right the second time. Wow. Uh, okay. Now that was a deeply Bold intelligent choice. take. Dan, thank you so much for that. <laughs> Dan Morin, what do you think? Oh, I'm going to go the serious route here. I was happened to be glancing over at IMDb um, and... Uh, I looked down and I happened to see the list of celebrities born today, and one of them jumped out at me immediately as someone who could play Steve Jobs. John Moltz. And that, and that is yeah. T- Tilda Swinton. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go out of the box here, people. Uh, I don't know. I feel like if you had to pull it off, I think she could do it. I think she looked good in a turtleneck. In fact, she's wearing a black turtleneck in the picture on the front of IMDb. So it's karma. And as we all know, Steve Jobs was a huge fan of karma. So there you go. <laughs> All right. That was not not a stupid answer at all, Dan. Uh, John Moltz, what do you think? Well, let's go back to stupid for a second. Okay. Uh, Did we they, I think there's only there's stupid? only one person. John Moltz, what one, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks for turning to me. You know who to go to. There's only one person who's actually really prepared for this role and performed as Steve Jobs up on a stage. And that is the uh, the head of Xiaomi. The uh, Chinese, um, <laughs> do we want to, what do we call them, knockoff company? I mean, not, you know, they're very cool. successful. Are they you make, saying they a make, knockoff Steve Jobs they, uh, should play him? <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying if you look at, if you look up Xiaomi, if I'm pronouncing that correct, correctly, Steve and Steve Jobs, you'll see a picture of, of this guy. And he has uh, appeared, Lei Jun, on stage in, in jeans, sneakers, turtleneck. They are really playing up the whole Apple thing. And so I think uh, give the guy a shot. He clearly wants the role. So uh, let him let him uh, fill his boots or sneakers, as the case may be. That's not bad. I saw somebody on the Internet suggest Scott Forstall could play him because he's <laughs> very jobs like and and uh, is also unemployed. Uh, um, I, we, we should joke about that. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I, I am thinking back to the one of the key moments. Obviously, the Steve Jobs movie is going to be uh, set in a few key moments through Steve Jobs' life uh, when he's backstage before events. And I was thinking back to 2007 and the introduction of the iPhone. And who, who of us can forget when Steve Jobs came on stage and ran around the stage shouting, developers, 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 <laughs> developers. So No, 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 no. So obviously no. Noah Wiley should play him because he played him in Pirates of Silicon Valley. Why not? No, uh, Wiley has been waiting for this. It is no. the party was born to play. <laughs> Biding his time but, doing stupid movies about being a librarian or something. By the way, Oscar-nominated actor Michael Fassbender is being uh, apparently yeah. uh, suggested as the frontrunner for the role now, if we're getting uh, serious. And he's I, believe you mean, I believe you mean Magneto. Thank you. Yes, the, I, yes. I do. I do. Yeah, well, I, well, in the movie, it's a little-known fact that in, in this movie, Aaron Sorkin, uh, the part of Bill Gates is played by uh, Patrick Stewart. I found that strange casting, but there it is. Yeah. You know, I, I have to say that the other answer I was going to give was that, um, speaking of Asia, John Moltz, um, the Taiwanese animation people, you know, they did a good job with, <laughs> oh, with, there with, you uh, go. with, right. with jobs over the years. They could just turn into an animated feature. Right. Oh, man. Pixar Steve Jobs. Oh, oh wow. We're, we're going to some bad places here. Dan Frakes, what's your topic for us? All right. Um, that didn't count for two. 
Um, so, so when I woke up this morning, the first thing I did, as I do most mornings, is to turn off my alarm clock. And um, I bring that up because it's this fantastic Boston Acoustics clock radio I bought uh, like 11 or 12 years ago. And uh, it just got me thinking about old tech items I have around that I still use. And uh, this thing was, is fantastic. It's got, it sounds great. It has good reception for the radio, which I still listen to sometimes. Um, but the best part is it's got this fantastic interface with a minimum number of buttons and dials. They're laid out in a practical manner. It's like someone actually thought about this thing. And it's got these volume knobs that like, the faster you turn them, the faster they change the time or the station. And it's just overall, it's just a fantastic thing that I still use because it's the best thing I found for it. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, uh, so what pieces of gear from the early, say, 2000s or before are you still using and, and loving every day? I don't have a lot of technology, I feel like, that, or at least consumer sort of personal technology that has survived that long. Well, yeah, uh, right. A lot of it falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to issue a cheat and say uh, that I drive a stick shift car and that a, a manual <laughs> transmission, which goes back far beyond the early 2000s, is a piece of sort of older, more analog technology that I really use every day and I enjoy using it. And when I bought my, this, my current car a couple of years ago, I went out of my way to get another manual transmission because I really love driving it. Um, so it's not exactly a piece of, of personal technology, but it is a, it is a, some people would argue an outdated thing that the technology, the current automatic transmissions are said to be much more efficient and much faster at shifting, obviously than a manual transmission, but I still just enjoy it so much more. Um, and I hope that I have a, uh, manual transmission car for many years to come. They're harder to get now. They Fair are enough. Yeah. I'm looking at a car, at cars right now and I'm considering exactly the same thing because I like a manual transmission as well. You want to buy a car? Nope. <laughs> well, for me, it's it's probably hard to to narrow it down to just one thing <laughs> because if you were to see my office right now, I there's a there's a Lime iMac, there's um, there's a there's an SE over over on the on the other desk. Um, however, the thing printer. that I use, you use your SE every I, day. <laughs> um, well, my son actually uses it quite a bit. He likes to 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 try out the old games. Hmm. But uh, the thing that I use absolutely every day is a uh, 30 gigabyte video the first video ipod the uh yeah in the old you know the old classic form factor and i have that on my desk with some headphones plugged into it with some selected playlists that i like to listen to as i work and you know you know how how long it takes you to plug something in every morning you know when you have to plug headphones into something mm. so i like to have something sitting there dedicated that so i don't waste <laughs> that that 15 seconds um trying to find the plug and plug it in and i so i use this and i had an iphone 4 that i was using for that purpose for a long time just to play music and you know as the software updates came out it just got you know less and less usable and because it's now running iOS 7 and it's just kind of a clunker on iOS 7. And this is kind of an instance where this thing has, this iPod has long since fallen by the wayside and not been given any software updates. So it still works perfectly well <laughs> as it did when basically when I got it. It's like the unfrozen caveman of music players. It missed, right. it missed all the updates. So it's fine. <laughs> um, I was looking at, uh, this is a really uh, tough question for me, and I, I, uh, I was thinking about speakers for a while because uh, I think I've still got a, uh, at least one speaker in my living room that is um, 
that that I've I've swapped out every other part of the audio in my house, and that one speaker is still there. The center channel of my TV is is like 15 years old. Um, and I was also thinking about out in my office. I have um, I actually have an iPod Hi-Fi. Which is only mm-hmm. about eight years wow. old, so it doesn't quite make it. But although that was uh, an overpriced product, and obviously it, it stopped working with uh, Apple devices about three years later when they switched their charging formats, um, it's got an aux port, and the speakers are actually pretty good. And I actually use that as my external speaker every day for my computer when I'm working in my office. But my my answer of the thing that I use every day that is over ten years old is um, just barely. I installed it when my son was born, and he is about. About uh, two months past turning ten, and that's the weather station that I've got attached to my roof. It's it's lasted a decade. It's still going strong. It uh, we have a bunch of different little places throughout our house where you can see what the outdoor temperature is. You can see how much rain you got overnight. I I, I enjoy having a weather station at my house. It's been a lot of fun, and it turns out now when I look, uh, it's been more than a decade that that thing has been running. And uh, every now and then I have to go up there and like clean the spider webs off of it. But otherwise, it's uh, it's solar powered. I had to switch the battery out um like five years in uh maybe seven years in but other than that it just keeps working and uh and it's attached to my mac via a usb to serial port converter (laughs) but it (laughs) works just fine and even on uh, the latest versions of os 10 so uh yeah so my weather station is my answer yeah i get a kick out of these i mean as much as we're all tech geeks and we like getting the latest and greatest uh, i'm i'm as as impressive not more so about things like this where it's 10 years later and it's still the best thing that you know you found and to me that says something about the products yeah i mean i'm sure that i could find a weather station now that's uh, half the size and is on the internet itself and is its own web server and all of these things but you know instead i've got this usb parallel adapter and it talks wirelessly to my mac and uh, you know yeah yeah it's there's something to be said for that stuff especially that it sticks around because a lot of the stuff does kind of fall apart Still have my Newton. And use it every day. <laughs> I do not use it every day. <laughs> Still works, though. Nice. Well, I think that is the last of our topics, Jason. So it's time yeah. to move on to our extra special bonus question. Yes, um, the, the bonus question this week is sponsored by the podcast survey that lets us continue to keep the lights on. By you, t- you tell us a little bit about who you are in general, and then we can use that information to prove to advertisers that we are awesome and that they need to sponsor our site. So go to podsurvey.com slash clockwise. And if you've already filled out that for some other, uh, for some other podcast, it will, uh, it will know that and it'll autofill that detail. So it actually doesn't take very long to fill out the survey. But go to podsurvey.com slash clockwise and help us out. And now I present to you Dan Warren. So I was curious to know from you guys, do you have a spirit animal? Or, <clears throat> if you prefer to be the Harry Potter geek about it, do you have a Patronus? <laughs> John Moltz, I'm going to talk oh, yeah, right at you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, geez, man, I don't know. Uh, it's funny that you asked that because we were actually watching that, that particular movie just the other day, my son and I, and where they were all practicing, uh, the Patronus charm and they all have different animals. And so I'm going to go ahead and pick the, the manatee. <laughs> wow. They're, they're friendly and slow moving. Friendly and smo- slow moving. Uh, but, uh, you know, probably for formidable foes, I would imagine. I mean. I think right, you don't I'm, want to get bit by a manatee. Does oh, the manatees you, even have teeth? You, 
I think you uh, you turn yes, into do. a manatee if if it bites you. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the wear manatee. The wear manatee. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I should have said I should have said wear the wear manatee. That's my that's my portrayal. Right, <laughs> Much better. Uh, I'm uh, gonna say uh, the gibbon, which is a, a one of the smaller apes, and uh, they can swing around. They got the long arms, and uh, I just I don't know. I think gibbons are kind of cool. I like monkeys and apes in general, but the gibbon is one of my favorites. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go gibbon. Good choice, Dan Franks. I use the scientific approach to determine the answer here. I uh, <laughs> went on. I went on Google and I said, "What is your spirit animal?" And it took me to I don't know BuzzFeed or one of these sites with 30 questions. And according to that, I'm a wolf. <laughs> oh, so oh, yeah. there's a loner. Scientifically proven. <laughs> Thanks, Google. I just um, took that. I just took that quiz and it came up with manatee. <laughs> <laughs> Google just started showing you pictures of. What manatees. are the odds? <laughs> uh, mine is actually was determined many years ago by one of my friends to be a garfowl. Now, if you haven't heard of a garfowl, you may know it by another name, which is the great auk. It's a flightless bird that looks a little bit like a cross between a penguin and a puffin, and in a true piece of sadness, it is extinct. <laughs> Can you have is, an ex, can you have an I have an extinct I have an ex spirit animal. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem good. You should have it's a not, doctor check on that. Yeah, I, I I feel like I might need a mechanic. A shaman. I think maybe a shaman. <laughs> well, thank you all for uh for playing my little game. What spirit animal are you? Mm. I look forward to <laughs> the good one, next Dan. installment of it. Yeah, that's a keeper. I think that's I think that is that's about all the time we should have. I for think today. it is. I'd like to thank John Moltz for joining us. Thanks, John. Thank you. And I would like to thank Dan Fricks for being back with us again. Dan, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. I feel like I should howl like a wolf or something. <laughs> See? Pink what sounded, already. What sound do manatees John Moltz has a manatee. Silence. Oh. Bubbles. Bubbles. <laughs> and Dan, for, Dan uh, sorry, Dan, which Dan are you? Dan Morin. Here we are at the end again. Thank you so much for being uh, the host of this episode of Clockwise. My pleasure, and thank you for being the co-host. Yes, I, I appreciate your thanks. And to everybody out there, we remind you, in a non-sinister way, to watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. See you next week. Bye. Bye.